Special guest today uh, rejoining us. Uh, she's been on here before, uh, but just so much wisdom and energy and information that we we want to have her back on here. So today we're going to be talking about uh, diversity and inclusion. As you know, we just wrapped up uh, a, a episode, a series of, of episodes, if you will, on the Air Force, uh, diversity and inclusion in the Air Force. But this one is going to focus on the female leadership perspective. Right. So it's it's only me and Nina on here. We've uh, I know she's got a lot of experience uh, as a female and as a leader and those challenges that that brings. Uh, so I have zero experience in that because uh, I'm a male. Um, but, but you know, I, I have been around and I've worked for female bosses and I've seen kind of what they go through. So some of those thoughts will probably come up. But uh, without further ado, we'll just we'll get it kicked off. Nina, I know that you've been on the show before, but if you don't mind, just kind of introduce yourself uh, a little bit because always have new audience members that might not know who, who they're listening to. So just yeah, you, introduce yourself. You bet, you bet. So, so um, I, I have, uh, so I'm an Air Force veteran. My name is Nina Choi and I'm an Air Force veteran. Um, I do have a lot of experience as a female and 41 years, I think. Um, <laughs> almost counting, 41 years, give me two weeks. Um, but yeah, so, so really, uh, you know, I've been in a couple of different leadership roles over, over my career. So, you know, Caleb, you and I were stationed together at Keesler Air Force Base. I was an Air Force Civil Engineering Officer there. Um, and, uh, you know, unlike I think a lot of CE officers, I had a really interesting perspective um, because for a year I worked as the section commander. And that's typically something that's done by a personnelist, not a CE officer. So, so that was pretty neat. Um, after I got out of the Air Force, um, I went into the private sector as a civil engineer and uh, was working on a couple of projects out here in California as a materials engineer, really dealing with um, fabrication shops and welding shops and um, you know, quality, quality control issues and, and inspections. Um, I got to lead uh, the, the cable, suspension cable, uh, portion of the San Francisco Oakland Bay Bridge. So if you ever come out to San Francisco and you kind of drive over that, I, I helped work on that. So that that was kind of neat. Um, that is awesome. Know, it, it, it's a perk of being an engineer. You know, you, you, I think you, you get to see what you do. Um, and then I uh, left the private sector, went to work for the state, pretty much doing the same job. Um, I was a branch chief in a couple different areas. Uh, doing um, uh, quality assurance and source inspection, and uh, my lap, my current role, I am the office chief, so I'm a supervising bridge engineer. I'm the office chief for the Office of Structures Quality Management. So what we do is we oversee quality control, quality assurance, uh, and qual the quality management system for the bridge department for the California DOT. You know, I've always thought like building bridges would be really cool. You know, like my wife, she hates them. Like she hates bridges. And like when we were stationed in California, uh, H3, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Hawaii or if any of the listeners are, but H3 kind of winds when you come onto the west side of the island. You know, it goes around the edge of, of the mountains there. And people think Hawaii, they think beaches. Uh, and, and some people might not call them mountains, but, but they are no kidding. Mountains are beautiful. But anyway, there's a long bridge. I think it's maybe like maybe like six miles worth of bridge. I mean, not all just together. You know, they got different points and stuff where you hit, you know, normal ground again and then back onto a bridge but yeah she couldn't stand it because on the bottom like when you're down on the beach you could look up and see how tall the the pillar support pillars were that were holding it up and she's like we were on that i was like oh yeah it's, it's great it's concrete it's good to go um but yeah <laughs> i've always thought it'd be really cool to, to be part of a uh, building construction constructing bridges so uh so how do you like it out there where you're where you're at you know i i love it um but then again, I could probably, you could put, probably put me anywhere and I'd find something to make myself happy. You know, I, yeah. being, being in the military, I think makes you pretty adaptable. Um, and so, you know, you don't do so good if you can't find the bright spots in where you're, you are in your situation. So, yeah. um, you know, the weather's great. Um, I don't think I've seen snow in quite a while. Um, but you can see snow, so that's the great thing, right? You can you can be at the beach, and then you can be at, at in the mountains all all in the same yeah. day if you want to. So, um, 
So that's that that's actually pretty neat stuff. Yeah, so and the I see, uh, Do what now? The beaches you said? No, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, so I uh so the you know, you're doing the 22 push-up challenge. I don't know who was mean enough to challenge you on that, but uh, so, uh, you know, I see you out there doing that. And, uh, you know, when you were, you looks like you're on a run and uh, it looks like it's warmer there uh, in South Dakota. We don't, we don't get that. And even if it's warm, the wind's blowing so much that you don't even feel warm. You don't even know you're perspiring. You know, it's just, you know, that's one of those dangerous areas, right? Where you, you think you're hydrated enough because you're not, you don't see yourself sweating, but it's just because the wind already blew it all away. So, um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it looks like, are those tomato fields? That, that we've you got said, tomato fields. Yeah, we've got tomato fields, corn fields, and um, cherry orchards over by where yeah. I live. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you, the picture you posted the other day with your dog, I think it was awesome. <laughs> Quite the warrior um, and scavenger there. <laughs> well, and then she went and hid that rabbit and picked it up the next day. It was disgusting. Uh, it's, no, it's awesome. <laughs> I got you. Got to love animals. Uh, well, I, I want to be respectful of your time, but I, th I think you know it's great for uh, the audience just kind of you know hear a little bit of the personal side of, of the guests that we have on the show. So I started adding that piece in there. It used to be just straight uh, to the show, but I think it's good for the audience to kind of get to know who's who's talking to them. So they have to listen to me all, all the time. So give them uh, something better to listen to. Um, but as we get started in here, I know you were. Um, at least I saw your, your comments and stuff. So I know you were tracking that we did uh, a series on, as I, as I opened this show with, uh, diversity and inclusion of that diversity in the Air Force. And as I tell you, Nina, it really opened my eyes. You know, I've been in 19 years, and I know I've heard things and uh, from stories from people, right? I've never seen it, uh, you know, discrimination happen in my presence. Uh, you know, I've never had discrimination myself. I had some people challenge me on that through that episode or through that series. They were like, yeah, you know, because I gave them a couple of stories. And they're like, actually, that that is discrimination, uh, just not in the type that you think of. You know, we normally think, uh, I would say not all of us, of course, but a large majority of people that just through my research uh, that I did on that, that episode or that, I'm sorry, that series, you know, it's, you think skin color, uh, or, or, you know, maybe sexual preference, you know, that, those are some of the ones, the major ones when we think discrimination, but it can be in so many different forms. And, you know, that's what you were, you were talking to us about and you wanted to talk about is discrimination in another form that maybe isn't always considered, you know, as, as we've continued to progress in the Western world, uh, I think a lot of people, it's a fallacy. They just think that, okay, well, women get treated equally or fairly. Uh, so I think it's another another aspect of discrimination that just doesn't get enough light shed on it, uh, or when it does, people dismiss it. And so thanks again for being willing to to tackle this project. And and as you introduce yourself, we know that you've you've been in the business for a little bit, and you know what it's like. Uh, I, I've worked for some female bosses. One uh, currently, well, uh, she's rotating out, and I'm rotating out. But uh, so that opened my eyes even more. So I'd. In the past, I'd worked for a wing commander uh, at the level I was at uh, for our civilian audience. Think of more like the CEO, and I was more of like a um, more of a senior to mid-level manager in the organization. So I saw her, saw her interactions, but I didn't daily work with her and see the struggles that she had. So yeah, I would like uh, you just kind of open it up uh, for the audience, kind of what's on your mind. Uh, you know what what it means to you when you talk about female the female leadership perspective as it as it pertains to inclusion. Uh, just kind of, I know you've got some, some main points you sent me over, but I'd just like uh, the audience to hear your thoughts on it. And then we'll sprinkle in some of the things I've seen and just kind of bounce conversation off each other. So, yeah, what are your opening thoughts? Yeah. So, so you talked about how, um, you know, there's, there's gender bias is real. And there are absolutely times where I've been oblivious to it myself. Um, so very early on in my career, you know, I, I probably had the mentality of if I just work hard, if I just keep my head down, um, my merits will will speak for themselves, hmm. right? Um, yeah. and, and you don't want to you don't want to rock the boat because you know maybe if I rock the boat and I'm the void, you know, uh, I don't want to be the the nail that gets you know the yeah. that's that gets hit with the hammer, right? Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about sometimes because it's hard to put into words. Um, yeah. you know, so I, I was always kind of a tomboy, um, 
you know, I think I think I I had written in some of my my points. I, I told you that when I was in high school, I kind of mm. was always a little bit of a trailblazer, right? So, yeah. so I wrestled on the men's team um, in high school and and in in college. Um, I thought it would be exciting to be a, uh, a campus police officer because I thought I wanted to go into law enforcement. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know. When I was younger, I used to think I'm just just I'm just one of the guys. Treat me like treat me like you would treat any of the guys. I'm just one of you, and and that's a fallacy in the way that that in my thinking, because clearly I was not one of the guys. My experience completely different, and I bring a completely different point of view, um, to to the situation. So. Um, you know, some some of the the gender bias that I've experienced has been blatant. Some of mm. it's been very subtle. Um, I think that a couple of your guests have talked about the microaggressions. Yeah. Um, but those 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 microaggressions they snowball, and when they snowball, they really start chipping away at people's self esteem. Um, and so, you know, in in engineering. Um, in my particular career field, which is what I can speak to, um, we do have a challenge with keeping female engineers in the career field. A lot of them leave, um, and a lot of them don't don't stay long enough to to reach um, management or senior management positions. True. Um, so, so you know, one of the things that that I think I I you had sent me an article, and I think that's maybe a good, good place to, to start. And it had to do with um, a, a, a BYU, um, the BYU magazine did, did some research. And what they had done is they had several different groups of students. And they put a, a female student with every group. There was at least one. Um, and what they thought initially, the fallacy is, okay, we've met our diversity quota. We've got one female there. We're good. Yeah. But what they found is the women weren't speaking up. Um, people weren't hearing their voices. And, you know, I don't think that anybody necessarily walks into situations and says, I am going to be sexist. That's my goal today. I woke up this morning and I'm just going to be sexist and I'm going to yeah. treat my female employees differently. I don't think that generally people do that. At least I hope not. Um, but it's the unconscious gender bias that occurs. And so, yeah. you know, some of the things that they found in this article, in this research, was that, that women were receiving less talking time in these groups. Um, they were getting interrupted routinely. And because they were receiving a lot less talking time and they were being routinely interrupted, it really limited their influence on the end product, right? Um, and and I ab absolutely have seen this happen, um, and it's happened to me. Um, you know, a lot of my male counterparts can be very very vocal. Um, they're they're loud. I've, I've I've been in, in, in organizations where that's actually what's valued. Um, they value the person that's the loudest person in the room. And unfortunately, sometimes I've seen women be quiet because it's just not in their personality to be loud and, and aggressive. And so they're, yeah. not, they're not heard. Um, or, um, or because they're being talked over, you kind of sit back and say, why do I even try? Yeah. Um, so. I like to go along, to go along, to get along. It sounds familiar. Uh, one of the guests that was on the previous show, uh, Cecilia, you know, she was talking a little, hitting on a lot of the same points, uh, both in the engineering fields uh, for both of you guys, but or both you ladies, I should say. I got to quit using that term. I know I called myself the other day in a, in a see you later message. I was like, man, I, I say that too much. It's uh, gender neutral for me, but I, I got to get in a better habit of that, of not saying that. But so, yeah, both of you are hitting on, on similar points there. And so before we get too far, when you talk about voice, I know you shared with me before you have a favorite 
quote that kind of is the embodiment of this when you say voice. So do you mind sharing what that, that quote is and kind of gives you uh, power? If, you, if, if it's not, uh, maybe we could talk about it towards the end of the show. I think maybe we could use it as a, as a wrap up on that. Um, but, but yeah, so we'll, we'll definitely circle back to it. Um, and uh, so something else I had, I wanted to ask you too, when you talk about your different situations that you've been in, um, I would like if, if you've got an example and while you're, you're thinking about an example that if you have one that you want to share, I know I've seen it. I've seen um, where females in the military, that's my experience, right? So 19 years in the Air Force, that's where all of my work, quote unquote, experience is uh, for the most part um, in my adult life anyway. So I've seen it where, as an example for our, our audience, where you have an officer like Nina was telling us uh, previously, she was an Air Force officer. Uh, and, and those are in charge, right? So the officers are in charge, if you're not familiar with the Air Force or any mil branch of military. Uh, and, and so when a, a male officer would walk in and a male-dominated, you know, umbrella of career fields as both Nina and I come from, and there's 12 different specialties, uh, so to speak. But so when they come in and they say X, Y, and Z, whatever that is, people tend to pay attention and respond with a yes, sir, or, or what have you, right? Uh, yes, sir, lieutenant, captain, whatever. Uh, and then go on about their business. And what I've seen more times than not, I don't recall this ever happening to you in my presence. Um, I, I was a younger airman, uh, you know, when, when you were, me and you were both stationed together. Um, but later on, like when I went to Korea and then I, I went to Hill from there, I saw captains, right? Female captains who would get dismissed and just blatant disrespect. I didn't even realize how disrespectful it was at the time. Uh, but people, you could tell it was a difference when a when a male officer said X, Y, and Z. There was a lot different response, a visible, visibly different response than when a female of the same grade uh, would say it. Uh, and then people would talk behind their backs when they walked off, like, "I can't believe she's even in the career field. Like, what does she even think? Nobody listens to her. Those types of things." So, yeah, if you could just share, if you have an experience like that that you don't mind sharing with the audience. Um, might maybe help them understand, you know, from hearing it from me is, is one thing, but hearing it from somebody that experienced it themselves is totally different. So do you have any ex experiences you want sharing? Absolutely. Um, would you like a military experience or, or civilian, civilian world? E either and one. I, maybe I mean, we I can do both. Yeah, absolutely. If we can do both, because that kind of just paints the picture. It's not just isolated to the military. You know, it's, it's, it's everywhere, right? So, yeah, share both. Sure. So, so you know, um, when I came out of the military, um, I, th I think I told you I was working on the the, uh, the Bay Bridge, and I was in charge of the cables and casting systems. And I actually had a male counterpart behind my back say, um, you know, the only reason why they put Nina in charge of that is because her because of boobs. Um, completely my, my background, the fact that I may have been technically competent. Um, so I was reduced to base. Um, it was, it, it was really disheartening to hear. Um, and it was really disheartening to hear, uh, people, people said, yeah, I heard it. I said, well, what'd you do? Well, I don't know. What did you, what, I didn't say anything. I, I, it just made me feel really uncomfortable. I was like, really? Uh, you can't say anything against that. It, it, do you think that I got this position um, because I'm not competent? So, so you know, we, we do hear, I, I have heard things like that. Um, you know, I'm trying to think back to, um, you know, when I was a military officer and, um, you know, I was, I, I've been pretty lucky, I think, to work with some really good commanders and uh, and I've, I've always had a pretty good relationship with, with, with my troops. So I don't think that it was ever, I ever at least heard that um, to my face. I think it's happened to me more in yeah. the civilian world than anything else. Um, if, I know so, I'm asking a lot of you, but if you had to speculate, do you, do you know, what are your thoughts on why it happens more there in the civilian sector than, than the military? I mean, if you're not comfortable because you haven't had time to really put thought to it, that's fine. We can move on. But it's kind of interesting that you that you point out that it happens seems to happen more, or at least more people are not afraid to to make these uh, these comments probably because they got away with it for so long. But 
What are your thoughts on why it might happen in the civilian sector more, or at least in your experience? Yeah, and, and this isn't to say that it didn't happen to me in the military, um, because sure. you know we have to take into account that that I was an officer, right? So if I were to receive any of those disparaging comments, um, it would have been from other officers. It wouldn't necessarily have come from from you know uh, the enlisted folks. So I may not have I may not have heard. Um, any of those comments, they, they may not have filtered up up to my level, um, but uh, uh, I, I think that part of the reason I think that it happens in the civilian world is, you know, there's a lack of really addressing the problem head on. Mm -hmm. um, we go through a lot of training. Um, we do. We we do have you know Title Six training. We have Equal Opportunity training. Um, but by and large, we don't develop leaders and managers the same way that we do in, in the military. And so, whereas I think in the military, there is a penchant to have more open conversations. Um, it, it's not as those conversations aren't necessarily emphasized in, 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 the, in the civilian world. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to say it's I'm, now I'm painting the civilian world with with the broad brush. I think that my personal sure. experience probably had to do with the management and leadership that I had um, at the time. Yeah. Um, because if you have good leadership, they don't let this happen. And regardless of you're a milit in the military or a civilian. So um, so I think that's really why it. I experienced more in the civilian world is because I might not have had as strong management and leadership that would nip that in the bud. Yeah, so I think it's it's interesting too. Uh, in, in all the studies I've done and research I've done and people I've talked to about you know, diversity and inclusion, it, it still happens, unfortunately it still happens, but it, it looks like those numbers are at least on the, the front end, the appearance that those numbers have diminished. Still happens, but it diminished. Um, and, and it fluctuated. It looks like it fluctuated. I, I didn't put all of that in the article because I didn't feel like the statistics were 100% right. And I couldn't find a really good source. You know, it hasn't been studied. So Chief of Staff, Chief Master of the Air Force, SecAF, are actually going to push that study now. Uh, not because of any of the work I've done, but just a recent events in, in our society, right, that are going on right now. So, so yeah, it's good to see that we're going to study that a little bit more. But, so, yeah, it looks like it has gotten less. And, and maybe that is attributed to the type of leadership uh, not only the training that we give our, our military members, but then the standards we hold them accountable to. So it, I, it's unfortunate that it happens disproportionately in your experience anyway, and some other uh, avenues. But I wonder, you know, there's some civilian corporations I've looked at just thinking about, you know, work after the military and career after the military. Uh, some of them out there have a lot of really similar mottos to what we have in the Air Force or in profession of arms. Uh, I don't know if they live by those 100%, but you know how now you can go in and see um, basically the employees that work there, how they feel about working there. I think that's a unique feature. I kind of wonder if, if hey, we had that for airmen, like new, brand new, you know, recruits coming in and they could read what, what airmen write about career fields. You know, that, that'd be that'd be an interesting tale right there. But anyway, uh, no, thanks for sharing that. And I noticed in that uh, BYU uh, study that you had, uh, you had talked about, I said that uh, the professor there had said the women are systematically seen as less authoritative. Did you ever feel like in, in, in any role uh, that you were less authoritative? I know it kind of plays along with what we were discussing earlier. And you, I think you were actually talking about that a little bit when some of your experiences, but did you ever, or do you walk in a room and feel like you're less authoritative, even though you might be the top ranking person in the room? Do you feel like you're viewed as that way? Yeah, I don't, I know I don't, I know that I have just as much authority, but I do know that per, people will perceive me as having less authority. So, I mean, I, I'm probably physically as different from you as it can get, right? I'm tiny, I'm female, I'm about five foot nothing, 100 pounds soaking wet. Um, so I walk into to a shop and, and you know, the, the steel, steel fab shops are, are kind of, they're kind of good old boy um, yeah. places, right? Pretty male dominated. There's, they're the type of places you walk in and it's still got like the, 
calendar with the girls in bikinis on a motorcycle on the wall, right? Wow. Um, so I walk in there and, and automatically they're like, who are you? Um, or they'll look at, uh, you know, a coworker that, you know, one of my inspectors that will come with me, you know, typically it's a man and they'll start talking to him. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm the project engineer. I need you to talk yeah. to me. Um, they're usually pretty receptive. I think this is, again, I've never had any one of them say, well, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, little lady. Um, because I've learned over time to be loud. I shouldn't have to be like that, unfortunately. But, you know, a lot of women that are considered only, so I don't know if you've ever heard the term only. You know, uh, you're the only person in the room that is representing your gender or your race or whatever. Yeah. So typically 40% of, of women in, in technology fields um, and in management positions are, are, are onlys. And so we have a tendency, and I'm, I'm generalizing onlys as in a broad brush, but I feel like I have had to work a lot harder um, to be technically proficient. So when I'm talking about uh, welding, um, welding code requirements, things like that, I got to know it like the back of my hand um, because I know that when I walk in, unless I can start um, kind of, kind of, you know, if I, if I can come in and I start talking, um, I better know. And I, I kind of have to, I kind of have to be the one that's the aggressor, I guess, so, so to speak in, in, in this case. Um, know every little detail kind of thing, right? Right, because if I don't, they're looking for me to, to trip up on something because I could know 90% and the 10% that I don't answer, that's what they're going to focus on. Yep. Um, you know, I've walked away from, you know, I had a conversation with a uh, somebody who was in the, who's in the field and we had worked with the same fabricator and um we were talking about a meeting that I had with, with this, this fabricator, which we will uh, uh, remain unnamed. And, and we'd had a lot of problems with them. And basically um, I had written, written a couple letters and, and had a couple of meetings and, and basically because uh, of what was going on, it was, we had uh, several, several million dollars of steel fabricated bridge components scrapped um, because it didn't meet the quality requirements. Um, and I remember all the legwork that I did, did in, in, in that. Um, so, so my, my peer in the industry, he said, yeah, I remember I was just talking to that fabricator and they didn't mention you at all. They blamed it all on this other inspector. And I said, but that wasn't his decision. It was mine. I think it was pretty clear that was my decision. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's, he said, does that bother you that they didn't even recognize your authority? And I said, yes, and it's really sad that I am not surprised. Yeah. You know, you're, you're an interesting point um, when you talk about the calendars, uh, you know, when you walk in. And, and like you said, you've never had at least uh, any of those uh, – I don't know if I should call them gentlemen or not, but any of those guys uh, say, hey, little lady, you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, but they do probably do like a double take, like, wait, oh, she's in charge? She, she's the, the person that's got the knowledge on this or the, the lead on this? And, you know, sometimes it, it potentially from how they were raised, right, How they, what they saw their moms doing, what their sisters did. Uh, so I, don't, I, I agree with you in your very opening comments. Like, I don't think people holistically generalizing it again – uh, that people come to work and say, hey, I'm going to pick on women today, uh, or women shouldn't be here, but this is what I have to do. And there are some people, Nina, that I really do think they come to work like that, right? They're just just mad at the world, mad at ladies, mad at a lot of things. But I think for the most part, it's our ignorance that gets us into trouble. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine walking into an Air Force work center and see, I, I wouldn't say the pinup girls, but a, a calendar with, with ladies in it, probably missing some clothes, some stitching, that, that, you know what I mean? Like showing some skin, I should say, right? So I just, I'd probably lose my mind and be like, rip that yeah. thing down right now. But anyway, no, that's, uh, I like how you said, uh, 
Yeah, it did upset me because they didn't see me as an authoritative figure. You know what? In my mind, though, I'll be honest with you. We're just real talk here. When you were saying it, because I know you. Uh, so when you were saying that, I was like, I wonder if they were like trying to protect her. Because sometimes, you know, that could be the other side of it. Probably wasn't in this case for you. But I know sometimes, you know, we kind of start when you're, you're the only, as you point out. And I know if you were a female that hung out in my career field, right, in the dirt boy shop, once you were accepted into the, the fold, so to speak, then you're, you're automatically sister. So nobody's going to do anything. Nobody's going to say anything about you without us coming, you know, coming through us. So I know that's that's offensive to some people, too. Again, where the most of like you're discussing um, people in the field that, that do that type of work, similar to like dirt boys come from farms, hard work, and not that other people aren't hardworking, but where the females aren't necessarily as involved in that line of work that they grew up doing, right? Um, so I think sometimes it's just ignorance, right? right? Um, so from a leadership application, um, and, and I think uh, the audience knows that during these times, we're not just sitting across from each other. So the audio seems like it might be a little bit delayed. My internet connection is probably not that great. So sorry, I think I might've cut you off because I saw it in the video feed as I started talking. I thought you had paused, so apologies on that. Um, but but when applying this to leadership, like how the next step of that, right? So I think you got some great examples out there and, and feelings, how you feel about it. And I think a lot of women would associate uh, with that that same sentiment, right? But what do we do as leaders? Like from a female perspective or, or other, uh, what, do, what does leadership application look like in these situations? So I, I think really what it comes down to is it, it the awareness that, that it occurs um, and the awareness of our unconscious biases. And so, you know, this is a good step right here where, where I, we're having this conversation. Um, Absolutely, people, these are, like I said, these are unconscious biases. People do not walk in saying, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. But like you said, it, it's it's the context of how we were raised in our life experiences. So if you didn't have a, you know, a, a, came from a family where maybe, um, you know, your mom didn't work and that's something that's new to, to you, um, I have to be able to recognize that too and give in give grace. You have to give grace to get grace, right? So, you know, I, I think one of the things that I, I had written down is you try not to keep, try not to, to get through life with, with that chip on your shoulder because a lot of it is not intentional and it is just ignorance. So you have to have that conversation with folks and say, hey, you know, I know you didn't mean it that way, but here's kind of how it sounded. Yeah. And, and I think most people are generally receptive to that, you know, um, from, from a leadership perspective, I, I think one of the things we can talk to our, our, our troops and our staff about is um, what they can do personally, right? Looking inside to themselves um, because we've got these internally held cultural norms and perceptions and, and we have to be aware of, of, um, our own unconscious bias, um, you know, and, and having a, having a, a conversation with, with, you know, with other women or, uh, the women in your lives, um, or the ones that you work with about, Hey, you know, what does, what does this look like? And, and give me a little bit of perspective, um, really, really take, really helps. Um, we need to take a look at our own actions and, and the things in our, in our own behaviors, like, are we unintentionally excluding people, right? So a great example of this is, you know, maybe you have like golf outings or something in your organization. Um, you know, this is, this is something that we did as officers. Um, you know, the officers would always go golfing together. I went, I hate golfing. The only <laughs> thing that was good about going golfing was the beer. <laughs> but nine holes is a long ways to go without a restroom. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, but, but, but I think you understand what I'm trying to say. Sometimes yeah, yeah. there are things that we do that we think are morale boosters, but they may unintentionally exclude um, certain people. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, that, no, that, that's, that's good. Uh, so something you said in there, it made me think, um, so you had sent me an article and I read it, it was from Northwestern and we call it first called eyes. I went to Southwestern uh, State. So I was like, Oh, it must, no, never mind, It's not my school. Um, but so when I read it, it talked uh, I think the, uh, the study was done by Kayla. I 
maybe Stone was the last name. I can't remember. Um, so sorry if, if she's listening out there and I didn't get her last name right. But she talked about, you're talking about a circle. Uh, well, you didn't say circle necessarily. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But that article talked about successful women or, or women in leadership roles that I would say probably a larger percentage of people would agree that are successful, you know, because there's so many different terms for success, right? But so in the business world, we think of success of being in high ranking leadership positions and things like that. So that's what that article is driven on, or at least the premise of success was driven by that. Talked about they surrounded themselves with other women. Uh, and you talk about not having a chip on your shoulder and, you know, talking to other ladies that are maybe have already met true mentorship like you and, and Mike talked about that before, right, about mentorship. But, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with people that are going through it at the same time you are and people that are a little bit in front of you. Uh, and one thing, and before I get your thoughts on like what that looks like, have you been exposed to that? Uh, I know you probably do this yourself, but your thoughts on doing that for other ladies but you know, they said in that study, and I think there was like 700 and something people surveyed uh, or, you know, research, uh, using that research, 2.5 times greater of being selected for higher leadership positions over those that did not have a, a circle of other ladies as compared to men that it didn't matter what they had in their circle, they were still, gonna, they were still out promoting the ladies. But for ladies, uh, women in these leadership positions, 2.5 times more uh, likely to get promoted and move up the ladder, so to speak, if they had that circle. So, uh, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Because you started talking about that, and I kind of picked up on that, and it ties in with that other survey or the other research. So, what are your thoughts on that circle? Go a little bit more in depth with that, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. No. No. It's it it's absolutely and really important, I think, because um, you provide support for each other, and you're also you know, your, your perspectives are, 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 are similar. Um, you've got some life experiences that you can talk about. It's, it's kind of a, it does feed into the mentorship conversation that you and me and Mike had the other day. Um, but really what it, what it is, is women need to see that there's a path forward for them. And so by, by surrounding yourself with other successful women, it's got a lot of intrinsic benefits. Not, not only do you have the ability to draw on uh, the experiences of, of other women that have maybe more experience and can help guide you through some of the challenges that you're experiencing, but it also, through those conversations and those relationships, it helps boost your confidence also. So when you have that, that ability to, to, to know, kind of like you're not alone, um, you know, getting these different perspectives from, from other people that are in your, in a similar situation or have gone through this, um, that gives people, I think, gives women the confidence to go forward and, and to, to reach um, different goals and achieve different goals. Um, you know, and, and, so, and so it's really important to try to find find female mentors if they're available. Um, I think it's also very important if you are a female in a um, leadership position to be cognizant of the fact that people are looking at you. And that's, that's really when you're a leader, regardless of gender, people are looking at you. But know that you're a role model and, and other women are looking at you and saying that if Nina can do this, if Chief Bass can do this, then I can too, right? You know, I, I think, um, so I heard uh, someone say this one time, uh, I had a ton of respect for this woman. Uh, I'll leave her nameless uh, because I know her intent and I wouldn't want anybody to take it out of context. But um, so she had been the first, the only in a lot of situations, but the first uh, for, for females in the Air Force um, in a lot of different regards. So anyway, uh, I never will forget there was an all call one time and a young captain, uh, and the only reason I know she was a captain because she announced herself because it was so many people there. And, and a lot of us, I was thinking that almost identical to what this female captain was thinking. It's like, what is it like to be a female in this position? I don't want to put words in that captain's mouth, but it was something to that, that theme, if you will, about you're a lady, you've made it here. How, how did that happen? And, and how does it feel? What's it feel like to be a, a woman in this position? And uh, this individual turned it from that particular part of the conversation. She didn't go down that road with it. She's like, well, I'm a, I'm a XYZ. So again, I'll leave a rink out of it too. But uh, you know, she's like, I'm this, and, and it's no different for a male than a female. And again, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but it, I thought it was an opportunity missed 
I won't say that she was trying to be politically correct and be like, okay, we're all treated equally and fairly. In her mind, she wants it to be treated that way. And I know she had some scars on the way up. Uh, you can't be the an only and the first at a lot of things without going through some trials and tribulations. But so I think it's in my, the point I'm trying to make here is if you're a female in a leadership position, I would encourage you to do it to whatever comfort level that you have, but to mentor, like you're saying, to mentor the other younger ladies to say, all right, here's, like you said, there is a path. There is a way to do this. Yes, it is different. One day, maybe we can all be on the same page where it's truly equal and nobody, we're humans. So I don't know how we'll ever get there, but my hope and goal is that we would be able to get there. But in the interim, is if you're in a, a female in a senior ranking position, whether it's civilian or, or military, mentor those around you, right? It doesn't mean that you care about the males any less. Right. It's just, it's kind of like the Black Lives Matter, right? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put this on you to have to answer this, but the way I look at it, my eyes were opened. When I first saw it, I'm like, uh, this was a few years back. I was like, all lives matter. But then I got the, the understanding. Uh, I talked to a couple of African-Americans and said, what does it mean to you? Uh, and the way they explained it to me, I was like, Oh, like a light bulb moment for me, right? So we all have different perspectives and things. So yes, not that a female doesn't care about her uh, male counterparts, but and that you care about the females more, it's, it's a different road. They, they need different attention than, than I, will, I, will, I will never have the same challenges that a female will have in leadership positions. I'll never have the same challenges somebody of a different ethnicity would have, right? So anyway, just want to take a, a minute there to make a plug for female leaders in the field that uh, to, to look to your left and right and help those that are, that are around you. Um, I know you're, you're, you're gathering some additional thoughts there, um, but I did want to touch on something. I want to make sure we don't skip over it. Um, is you talked earlier about, uh, Nina, about, you know, getting interrupted. That BYU study talks about ladies getting interrupted more often. Uh, but I know in the article, and I will publish, well, I'm not really publishing it, but I'll post it on the, on the Facebook page and the website. But um, you talk in there about positive interruptions. Um, so you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah. So, so here, so I talk a little bit about being, being aware, right? Um, and, 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 and just kind of having like that, that emotional IQ and situational awareness in, in a meeting or a situation. And this really goes for everybody. And so not that we need, you know, men to protect us or necessarily speak on our behalf, but we expect you to be our allies. And so if you see, um, you know, in a meeting, somebody being dismissive, because that happens a lot. I don't know how many times I've been in a meeting and I think other women can probably speak to this. You come up with an idea and you say, hey, you know what? Here's what I think we should do. And people are like, oh, yep, that's nice. Thanks, Lieutenant Troy. And then Lieutenant Smith, who just happens to be male, will say the same thing and says, hey, you know, what if we did this? And somebody says, wow, that's a great idea. And it's the same thing I just said, right? So if you're that person in that meeting and you see this happening, you can say, you know, Lieutenant Choi said it first. That's what Lieutenant Choi said. That help that helps validate me or whoever that that female per, um, troop is, and, and it tells me, okay, I have an ally in you. You know, some other things that the, that that can be said is, um, you know, especially when conversations are getting hijacked. Um, one of the things, if you're facilitating a conversation, you notice this is happening. And I think it's important to look around the room and say, who, who hasn't spoken but might have something valuable to say, right? Start Absolutely. calling people out and say, hey, Susie, what do you think? Um, you know, Jane, what do you think? Tom, what are your thoughts? You know, who, just making sure that everybody has, has an, an equal opportunity to speak up. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, other positive interruptions can be, you know, like, yeah, I agree with what they just said. That's a great, I think that, you know, Sarah brought up a really good idea and I'm using female names because sure. you know, we're talking about, about women. Yeah. Um, I was talking to one of my, 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 uh, staff members today and, and she's, she's, She's been around much longer than, than I have. Um, and she was telling me about, you know, a time where she was giving a presentation on, you know, a, you know, a, 
an ultra high performance concrete or something like that. Not Dang, that you care about language. ultra high that's performance my, oh, concrete. Yes. I care about the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> so she was going to talk about, you know, technical aspects of concrete. And um, the moderator for that particular uh, presentation said, um, so I think what Dory was trying to say was, and she was like, okay, so I don't need you to he, it was well-intentioned, but the way that particular interruption came off was um, this person can't speak for herself, so I'm going to speak for her. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just be careful of, about how those, those positive interruptions are because you're, you're not trying to speak for that person. You're just saying, hey, Lori, tell me a little bit more about this, this, this idea that you have. You know, oh, absolutely. Um, just just being able to give them an opportunity to give their peace. Yeah, you know something you said, uh, if I may. Um, <laughs> when you talk about going around the room, so I, I don't do it in the fact. Well, so I did before, where so as a squadron superintendent and an ops flight superintendent, so different mid level managers for our civilian audience, but. So I, I did it like, hey, Susie, I just use Susie as an example. Her name was uh, Susie. And she was sitting, in, not in the corner, but she was on the side. She wasn't at the table, even though there were open spaces at the table. Now, I've got a bad habit. Of, you know me. I'm just very forward, you know, like I've got 5,000 milligrams of caffeine in me all the time. I'm like, hey, is, the table's open. Susie, get up here to the table. you got important things to say. And Susie really, she told me later, she did not want to be at the table. She had, I mean, there's so many different reasons why people might not want to be in those types of situations. But for me, I'm like, I'm goofy and I don't care, right? So I'm just like, hey, we're just all going to be at the table. We're all going to care about each other, blah, blah, blah. And so after a while, uh, people, you know, pulling me aside and saying, hey, you know, because I'm just, I was naive. I didn't realize that she's not coming to the table for other reasons. It's not that she didn't feel comfortable or invited to the table. It was for other self-confidence issues. So anyway, um, I started just being upfront with people and say, hey, I will go around the room. Nina, like you just said, I'll go around the room. And if you haven't said something, then I'm going to ask you, hey, Nina, you haven't, haven't provided any thought on this topic. You got anything going on uh, or anything you'd like to provide? Um, just so that everybody's on the same page knowing, all right, Caleb's going to ask us. It's not like he's trying to dime us out, but he's going to ask us. But where I really got, got feathers ruffled is when I would watch the table, right? So I'm watching the table. My, this is my last job, my last superintendent gig that I was in. And we had an individual there, a male. I don't think he showed up to work to be, because I know his wife and, and I, don't, I don't think she would have approved of that at all. Um, and he definitely didn't pull, try to pull that with her. But anyway, he had just been in the organization so long and he, he, it just so happened that the people that were his peers were all male minus one. Um, so I noticed like when females would say something, especially the young officers, uh, and, uh, and I'll, I'll stop there. We, we could talk offline and give you more of an idea and you'd probably completely understand it from your background, uh, and in the air force, what, what flights and stuff. But anyway, so he, uh, he would roll his eyes, you know, like the, the colonel would say something and say, hey, Lieutenant X, can you provide thought? And he'd roll his eyes or whatever. And just like when they said something, right, when they'd say something and, okay, sometimes, you know, we're all green in certain areas. we got some growing to do and maybe your idea is not the best, but thanks for having the courage to provide it. And so anyway, I would be the opposite, right? I'd be like, so I noticed you, it seems like you had conflict with that idea. And I know our audience can't see me, but I'm kind of like chewing on my pen a little bit. I'm like, would you mind Bounding on that, I, what you have a problem with? Is there a conflict of interest here? So, I mean, my, my boss would be like, Chief, Chief, stop, stop. You'll start wars in here. But yeah, so not that I was sticking up for people, but at the same time, it's important to put some people in check in a professional way. But I guess I was a little bit snarky with it at times, but to let them know, like, hey, I'm not sticking up for that, that female. She can do that all on her own. But I also have a platform, right? So I've been put and trusted to lead, guide, mentor, and inspire from a certain position. So I think, to your point, not to stick up for everybody because they don't have a voice, but there is a certain level of expectation for some in the room to make sure what's supposed to be happening happens, right? So anyway, just a, just a, a thought rabbit hole there. No, that, that was actually good because what you did is um, you didn't let that slide, Right. So, so what that told that particular female officer is because nonverbal stuff, we see that, 
you see the dismissive gestures, the eye rolls, the, um, you know, the, the exasperated gasps and things like that. But if somebody's, yes, and, and really what that comes down to is it's just plain old rudeness. But what you did is that showed, hey, I, you're on check, I noticed. So what she heard, what, what she probably saw is, okay, this behavior is not necessarily being dismissed. So that was, that was that's, I think that's an excellent um, example of just some of the small things that, that, that people, you know, that men can do um, to help show that they're, they're allies in, um, to their female counterpart, counterparts and, and teammates. Absolutely. So um, I know we've had Joan here for a little while, but uh, just a couple more minutes, if you can bear with us, uh, some personal lessons learned. Would you mind uh, walking us through that? And I think we've touched on some of, of those uh, those points, but if there was anything that we'd, we'd left out. And before you get to, you know, your, your closing thoughts, um, I'd like you to share some of your personal experience or your personal you know, examples or lessons learned on that. But so we'll go back to that, that quote you talked about. Uh, I raised my voice so not so that I can shout, but so those without a voice can be heard. We cannot all succeed when half of us are held back. Uh, and, and so I know, uh, I don't know 100% uh, if she was, or if they were speaking on just females, but as it pertains to our discussion here, uh, if, if any of that pertains to your, you know, your personal lessons learned, um, you know, about speaking up and am I yelling or am I speaking up and, and just, yeah, just walk us through some of personal lessons learned if you, if you don't mind. Right, right. No, and, and, and I love that quote because it's, it's applicable to a lot of different situations. I mean, I think it's applicable to our current state right now. Um, it's applicable okay. to our particular conversation with regards to uh, gender bias and, and, and women, right? Yeah. I have an obligation to provide my perspective um, and let, let you all know um, let everybody know, you know, this, this is, this is uh, from, from a female leadership point of view. These are some things that are a challenge and here are some things that we can do to, to try to overcome them. I can't, like uh, Malala says, you raise your voice because you have to be heard. Um, you know, certainly we talk about diversity in the workforce and we all know how important it is to have diversity in the workforce. We talk about it. We know that there's tangible benefits to having different points of view. It makes us more efficient. It makes us more innovative. But, um, but, it, but in, in, in order to do that, we really have to walk the walk and, and ask ourselves, are we diverse? And, and if we're not, um, how can we fix this? Yeah. Right? Because diversity isn't just a number. It's not just saying, okay, we have people that have a seat at the table. What it really means is that I think maybe when we say diversity, it's not the same as inclusion. I think you've had a couple of guests in here that says it should be inclusion and diversity because it's, it's, you have, everybody's got to be able to, to speak up and be heard and contribute. So, um, you know, some of the, the personal lessons that, that, that I have, and I'm trying to get, you know, some of my notes here together because no, I'm not always the most organized, organized person. Um, but, but, you know, again, we, we got to model the way, understand, you know, our own biases. I had a, uh, a, a one of our, our male senior leaders in uh, my office the other day, and he said, Nina, I have a lot of young female engineers that are very bright. They're so smart, but I can't, I don't know how to talk to them because my experience isn't the same as their experience. I'm a white male. Can you talk to them? Can I put them in touch with you? And I'm like, absolutely. That's a huge thing that he recognized that huge thing and that he felt comfortable enough to come to me. Um, we need creating a, a, a culture of, of respect, right? Nobody likes to have their cheese moved. Um, and we have a lot of, a lot of things that, that we don't like to ch challenge our beliefs, but you know, yeah. unless you actually challenge yourself, you don't have that personal growth. 
Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I've heard a lot of, you know, warriors that you've talked to talk about mm -hmm. speaking up. I was afraid to speak up when I first started and when I got out of the Air Force. Um, because I, I, I think that one, there what the the organizational culture in that in that at the time maybe wasn't conducive to that. But I was afraid to speak up and I should not have been. So that is something that I regret is not speaking up and going to the EEO um, office. Um, you know, but in that situation, I had people that had my back. So second lesson, surround yourself with, you know, positive and supportive people. And that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be other women. It can be, you know, whomever that's got your back that, um, that can, that those are your allies. Those are your teammates. Those are people that are going to boost you up. They're going to help you advance as a, as a human being, as a person and in, in your career. Um, and help advocate for you when needed. Um, you know, I say be a duck. And, and what I mean is, if you let things start getting to you, and, and they all do, believe me, they really do. Uh, you can't internalize it. So, so, you know, be a duck, try to let some of this stuff go, come off your, you know, run off your back. Um, you know, That's bias like is that, going to happen. Be a duck, right? Um, but like a duck, sometimes I feel like not only when things are going off my back, I'm paddling like crazy underneath the water. You just don't see it. <laughs> um, yeah. but, but, you know, you can't let that, those things eat you up because if you let them eat you up, then it's going to hurt you. So that's where, you know, go to your circle. Go to your circle and the people that, 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 that support you. Um, don't be afraid to leave and go somewhere else. There have been jobs that I've had where there was, it was a toxic environment and I didn't truly thrive until I left. Mm. So if you're in a toxic environment and you're not being valued and nobody, nothing you do is working, um, go, go find somewhere else to work. Um, and then, and then lastly, I think, um, shift your paradigm and, and, and really see, embrace your, your, your uniqueness as a female in a male dominated industry. Um, while yes, there's absolutely challenges um, in, in, with gender bias, you also have, you also have this opportunity um, because you're on a platform so you can distinguish yourself. And, um, and I, I think that's really valuable too, because once you kind of own it it's empowering yeah no that's good so thanks for sharing that with us and so i know um you, you've got some closing thoughts um and then then i'll uh i'll wrap uh, things up for us but uh, i do want to let everyone know that uh there's i'll post uh, your article uh that you've written uh, along with the podcast here. But um, as you get ready to, to share your, your closing thoughts, I'd like you to also throw, you know, if you're, I know this is kind of morbid sounding, but if this was your last uh, last chance to tell females in the field, uh, you guys never got to talk to them again, what would be the number one advice that you would give them and in, in, include that in your closing thoughts? But also you shared a diagram, uh, an infographic, I would call it, uh, the other day, uh, it looked like a figure eight, right? Uh, and so, I, I don't have that uh, in my current situation, so I'll do the audio scrub on this podcast. But if you don't mind, if you could include that when you see this posted, if you if you could include that because I think it does tie nicely with with the points that you have in the article. Um, so if you don't mind, when this gets posted on Facebook, if you uh, just add that infographic, it looks like kind of like a figure eight, or it does look like a figure eight. Uh, but just add that in there so the audience can see it because I know it ties nicely with this. So you should have that magazine reloaded now. You know me, my combat nature uh, with, with closing thoughts and that one final <laughs> advice that you could give uh, uh, females in the field. And then I do have a question, but I won't tell you what that is. So the whole time you're doing closing thoughts, you just wonder what this question is gonna be. <laughs> Oh. oh man, you are, you are throwing so much at me and, and I'm not a quick thinker. Um, so I'm trying the best that I can. So, um, <laughs> you know, uh, don't even worry about it. What I, what, what I, what I would tell, tell 
other women in this is, is, you know, one, be true to yourself. Um, be authentic. Ask yourself, what, what do you want? And really find out what, what is important to you and what's not important to you. Um, you know, Being able to advocate for yourself is one thing. Um, you know, being an engineering is very technical. Um, but ask yourself, you know, if, if you're taking these roles on because it's good for you or, or, or because you feel like you're, you, you need something, you're trying to prove something, right? Um, I think also, um, you know, I, I try to originally kind of approach this from like a gender neutral standpoint, right? Because, you know, there's, there's certainly um, a lot that can be used from some of these lessons that are applicable in, in several different situations. But, um, you know, specifically for, for, for a woman and being female, it's, it's, it has been different because you are always conscious of that unconscious gender bias, so to speak. Um, you know, it's, it's not, what you gotta do is you gotta, you gotta find your voice and, and speak up for yourself and just be true to who you are. Awesome. That's, that's, that's great advice. It's hard to follow, right? Not, not because it's hard in the way you described it, but having the courage, right? So, you know, there was, um, someone that asked me in the, in the airport the other day, um, I don't know how you guys do it, right? Uh, and it's pertaining to military operations and stuff. And uh, I just don't know how you do it without fear. And I'll say, well, let me stop you right there. You know, I didn't say it quite like that because it's civilians and you don't want to spook them. Um, but, uh, you know, I said, well, it's, it's, it's not that people do it without fear. Um, it's, just, it's just we have courage. Some, not everybody, right? Just because you're in the military doesn't mean that. But a lot of, a lot of people do in the civilian sector too. So what I, I would really like to en encourage people, they, I think there's – Strength comes from those closest to you. And, and if I may, going back to you talk about building your circle, that's where you're going to find courage. So I think uh, it goes for any gender, but as we talk about it in this context, surrounding yourself with, with females like you, leaders that have already come in, uh, into the space and done that, uh, that are continuing to progress and continue to do great things and, and have a heart to help other people, surround yourself with, with people like Nina. Uh, and that's what's going to give you the courage to stand up and speak out uh, because, you know, and you brought up warrior stories uh, from that other series. You know, the, the one lady said it went on for years, little comments here and there, and she was the only. Uh, so not having, even if those those ladies that circle I'm talking about, not even in the same organization as you, uh, maybe they're in a different organization, or maybe you're doing Zoom call with them, but you're going to be able to share these experiences, and they're going to be able to give you uh, fire to that courage, if you will. Uh, so, Nina, thanks for everything. I know you were just stressed about this question so hard, uh, but seriously, uh, it's something I ask everyone that's been on the, on the podcast. I didn't ask, I don't think these, the last time I think I asked it in the terms of uh, when you and Mike were on about mentorship, but, and if I ask it, um, they get to, the audience gets to hear it again. Uh, so if, you know, we talk about legacy and we're talking about legendary leaders, that's where all this material gets shared. And it's about, you know, us helping each other grow. Uh, as leaders. And uh, so we talk about legacies and, you know, some people think they're entitled to a legacy, a good one, you know, uh, they just think it's going to happen. And I know you, you know better than that. And you've been building your legacy for a while, but in the end, we really can't determine what our legacy is going to be. We can work towards a certain type of legacy, but it's, it's everybody else outside of you that gets to really determine what your legacy was. So Again, not morbid. Uh, we're here for a finite amount of time. Uh, you know, some people think it's uh, infinite, but it's not. Um, you know, uh, what would you hope that your legacy is, right? Um, I'm going to start asking that sooner and then do all the rambling so people have time to think about it. <laughs> but on a serious, uh, what, what do you hope uh, when it's all said and done, what do you hope Nina's legacy will be? You know, I, I hope that when when I leave this, this, this world and, uh, and they talk about me at my funeral, you know, they, they talk about, um, I hope that they say, you know, I hope I've impacted people's lives in a positive way. I, I hope that I have um, helped people achieve their dreams. I hope that I've helped them become better versions of themselves because that's really what it's all about. It's not about, it's not about me. It's not about what I've done. 
it's about um, it's about other people, and 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 how you've you've left this place better than it was. No, that's that's awesome, and and like I've told a few other people is uh, you know they've said similar things, and that that's good to know. Um, you know, it makes it's refreshing for me to hear because I know that I'm not alone in this thing uh, that we call leadership and in life. Um, because it, I I, uh, I recorded something earlier uh, that will come out later to talk about. Uh, you know, I used to think I wanted to change the world. I still want to change the world, but um, I think I thought I could do it myself. Uh, and it's not. You know, we, it takes multiple thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. Uh, so thanks for being on the show, Nina. Thanks for sharing. I know these, uh, some people don't like talking about these topics. They don't want to admit that there is an issue. Even even in this case, as you were talking about female leadership perspective, there's, there's a lot of females that don't want to discuss it, right? So thanks again for being on the show uh, on Real Talk with uh, Caleb. And, and thanks for sharing your perspectives, uh, your, your closing thoughts, all your wisdom and, and advice. Uh, I know that the audience would definitely benefit from it. So just thank you so much for being on the show. I'm not going to do that. 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 I